Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and I am joined here by Anthony. What's going on, everybody? Dwayne. How you guys doing? And Jenny. Hi. We are very excited to be here on the first episode of our podcast. Uh, all four of us are coaches at Delaware Union soccer club in Middletown, Delaware and Dover, Delaware, because uh, that's where Dwayne is right now in Dover. Um, and we're very excited to be uh, part of this podcast. We're going to be talking every week about some different topics in soccer and also bring you some interviews and uh, talk about player development. Uh, this first week, we're going to interview each other with some questions that we've come up with that will hopefully give you an insight to more about us uh, as coaches and as people and a little bit of our history. And, uh, and then we're going to also get to know our personalities, I think, with one very specific question that should tell a lot about your philosophy as a coach. Um, I think I'm very excited about that question. Uh, so we'll start out with some club updates. Um, so far, we are starting, we just finished week three of our return to play. Uh, and so far, things have gone well. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think a lot of the kids are excited to be out there. The parents are probably a little bit more excited to get their kids out the house for about an hour, but I think things are going pretty well. I can tell you that uh, in the practices that I had this week where we where we scrimmaged or had a game at the end, uh, all the parents got out of their car and sat in front of their cars and watched the game like it was like the World Cup final, even though it was a scrimmage. Uh, one of the games, I don't think, had goalies, but they still watched it. My favorite part of the uh, the whole entire thing for at least the younger age group in the juniors program is keeping them in their six-by-six uh, six boxes. It makes it a lot easier <laughs> as a coach instead of these kids running all over the place. So I may just adapt that going forward. From now on, just uh, create social distancing uh, exactly. practices. Exactly. Tell you what, though, uh, this will definitely make our players individually really, really good at dribbling. Um, so we're entering week four, uh, so far. And from a Delaware perspective, we're still in phase two, as far as, uh, everything is concerned. So nothing really changes. We continue to do technical work. Uh, and then we have scrimmages at the end, whether it's within our own teams or playing against a different team in our club, uh, at the end of practice. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to create some uh, some more formal scrimmages with either other teams within our club or against other clubs in the state of Delaware. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to do that. I know the kids are really excited about playing. Um, so they do look like they're slightly out of game shape. Uh, they get winded very, very easily. Uh, so I think uh, our our ability to give them like five minutes at a time, ten minutes at a time, no more than that, is 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 key. Yeah. So are the coaches. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I I think uh, I I think I've had to eat like seventeen bananas to try to make sure I don't cramp up when I get home. The yeah. mask the mask created like a different element as well. You know, just trying to yell louder, even though you probably can hear me the same but I just feel like I have to yell louder through that mask. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So uh, one other update that Jenny and I have been working on, or two updates that Jenny and I have been working on, is uh, we're going to be 
creating our uh, we're actually hopefully getting ready to launch our new website uh, coming soon. And then our summer camps are, are going to be coming out soon. Right, Jenny? Yes. The new website looks really cool, too. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and hopefully summer camp registrations will actually launch today. So if you're listening to this as this drops, hopefully today on July 3rd, uh, you'll be able to register for our summer camps. Jenny and I are going to do that today. And uh, if not, whenever you're listening to this, go to our website, DelawareUnion.com, and then look for summer camps and sign up. Yeah. And I'm going to post it today too, right? On Instagram and Facebook. So. That's right. Jenny, you want to give everybody our, uh, our social media accounts to go into? Sure. Um, our Facebook is facebook.com backslash Delaware Union. And then the Instagram's at Delaware Union Soccer one word yeah that's right get on there follow it like it uh share it i don't i don't know Uh, social (laughs) media is not my thing you can definitely share a summer camp post on facebook (laughs) definitely share the summer yeah for sure what do you what's what's the what's the equivalent of that in instagram you can repost something like on your story there you go or like it this is why this is for the young coaches of (laughs) Um, yeah, so, uh, I'm really excited about the summer camps. Uh, I think Anthony's probably more excited than anybody for the summer camps. Uh, <laughs> he's been talking about summer camps for, uh, the last year. Uh, there's just, there's just something about getting out and being with kids and not having to actually, you know, like have a complete session put in mind you just kind of go out there and you you just let it happen the way that it happens and it always turns out to be just a blast you're getting a workout in you're getting some sun we're working on our farmer tans you know and it's just uh it's just a great environment i, I love working with summer camps yeah um i i enjoy the summer camps i think i enjoy the uh the couple kids that we get that like five minutes in are like I'm out. Like, that's it. Like, that's all I had. My game yeah. is empty five minutes in. Yeah, there's always those kids. But then you start – then you play a new game like ten minutes later and they're back at it, you know? Yeah. So. All right. So, next part of this. We're going to get to know each other a little bit better. All right. So, uh, and, I, and I've known uh, Anthony and Duane for a couple of years and I've known Jenny for a couple of months now. Uh, since she's newly joined our club. Uh, so this, I think, will be interesting. I think uh, we'll find some things out about each other that uh, I don't think we know, and then I don't think anybody in our club knows either. So that'll be kind of cool. So, all right, so first question we have, and I think we can all take turns answering these. How did you get started in coaching soccer? So what was the first thing you did coaching soccer? Uh, we'll start out with Dwayne. Um, it was honestly – a gimmick to get some money on the side in college, you know, $25 a practice and I think $30 a game. So, I mean, it was the easy way to put some money in your pocket and it was right after uh, college soccer practice. So I didn't have to like really go anywhere. Everything was there. We got some free t-shirts out of it. You know, that was to an 18, 19 year old. That's a pretty good gig. I'm starting to sense that Dwayne in general likes t-shirts. It's all, man, I'll tell you what, every event that you get a free t-shirt at, you got to go to. I got this 
I don't have any North Carolina coaching education, but I got a free T-shirt. <laughs> Wayne's never paid for an actual shirt. They're just all <laughs> camps and stuff. I wish that was the case. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I still wear I, – I t- actually, yesterday I was wearing my uh, high school PE shirt. <laughs> uh, you're a chance I still fit in my high school PE shirt. Somehow I still, I still fit in mine, and I graduated in 2006 from high school. So 14 years later, I still fit into that same. And it here's the here's the here's the biggest part of this though. I think the quality of the shirt speaks volumes. <laughs> the fact that it's held up for 14 years. 100% cotton. That's right. All right. What about you, Anthony? Um, I, I got into coaching soccer a little bit differently. So I, uh, my brother, um, played on a travel team. Uh, his coach was Mike Scruggs. Uh, he's everybody. If you've been in the state of, of Delaware knows Mike Scruggs at some point from either a referee or from coaching against them. And my brother actually played with Mark McKenzie from, um, the Delaware union. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Philadelphia union. Right. And, uh, it was a pretty nasty little team, but, um, I was about 19 years old, 20 years old. And I'd be on the sideline and I would just be disagreeing with everything that Mike did in, uh, in game. So what they did was after one of their years, they switched over to Kirkwood and they combined the Kirkwood team. And at the time they were um, like a YMCA team. And uh, when they combined the teams, they had two teams and they had a B team. And Mike came to me and was like, you always have comments on the side. He was like, why don't you try out, you know, why don't you be my B team coach here at Kirkwood and, and, and try your hand. And uh, from that moment on, I just fell in love with it. And I've been coaching ever since, 10 years later. So it's a pretty, pretty funny story. That's awesome. I like, I like that because we've all had those moments. Oh, yeah. All right. Jenny, you're the, you're the new one of the group. <laughs> yeah, so this is my first coaching experience. <laughs> um, since I've always played, I never had an opportunity to, especially in college because I was always so busy. And I used to play women's lacrosse, too, so I did not have any downtime. So I'm really excited for this. That's awesome. We're going to talk about your lacrosse history in a little bit. Oh, God. That's going to be a rough one. <laughs> uh, I got into coaching uh, because I have, a sis- I have a younger sister who's 13 years younger than I am. Um, and I grew up because of the big difference. I wanted her to play soccer, and I wanted to be super competitive and, like, really like do everything I didn't get to do as a player. I wanted her to do it. And I was going to be there with her. Um, so when she was six or seven years old, uh, she started uh, rec soccer and I registered as a coach. I actually took my e-license before I even stepped foot into a recreational coaching uh, or a recreational game uh, or a practice. Um, Cause I really wanted to familiarize myself with, the coaching side of things because I had been a referee for a long time. Um, so, yeah, so I started coaching recreational soccer at U6. My sister played for one year and then asked me a very specific question. She said, if I stop playing, would you keep coaching? And I said, yeah, I think so. I think I really enjoy this. She's like, okay, great. I'm going to stop playing. <laughs> uh, and she never played soccer again. <laughs> I kept coaching. So, um, all right. Uh, next question. We're going to go to Jenny first. Where did you grow up playing and what position did you play? 
Um, I first started out at Kirkwood playing, but then I want to say when I was 10, I moved to Hokesson, which turned into Delaware Rush, and now it's what? Delaware? FC Hokesson. Or FC Hokesson. Um, I feel like I played every position. I even gave goalie a try at one point, and then I broke my wrist, and then I never played again. But I've always been a midfielder, I would say. Awesome. Uh, Anthony. Yeah, um, I started back uh, when the Western Y on Kirkwood just had absolute powerhouse soccer teams. And uh, eventually they broke up and we moved to Kirkwood. But, yeah, I, I wrote it out pretty long at uh, the Western Y, probably until I was a freshman freshman or sophomore in uh, high school. And then we went to Kirkwood for our last couple of years. But um, in my thinner days, I played center midfield and uh, – forward for high school I played uh we played kind of a diamond back so I played a little bit of stopper some outside mid some forwards uh pretty much all over the place yeah but really you know for club it was center mid kind of like uh like an eight or I was just you know a striker nice uh I started out playing at uh Coral Springs youth soccer uh played recreational there did a little bit of travel training and some playing. Um, I was somewhat of a frustrated player all the time because I didn't like training. I just wanted to play games. Uh, always played as a goalkeeper, which I think is the hardest part because training for a goalkeeper, unless you have a goalkeeper coach, can be very sometimes difficult. Um, but, yeah, played as a goalkeeper. Uh, and in my head, I was a goalkeeper, but always as a 10 too somehow. Wanted to be a 10. Um, this is my favorite position on the field. So, uh, but no, always as a goalkeeper. All right, Dwayne. Hey man, I grew up uh, CDSA, which is yes. now Delaware Union, <laughs> and then I also played for MOT, which is now part of Delaware Union. <laughs> so I played for like the best of both worlds before they merged together. Behind the craft building. Say that again. Behind the craft building. Yeah, shout out to uh, Shooty Park. <laughs> That's where we we all got our start down here at Dover. And then I ended up, I think in high school, I ended up playing for Kirkwood for like two or three years at the end once everybody else kind of broke apart. It's back when you only had like two or three teams once you got to high school in Delaware. You're one of the few. You're, you're one of the players. You're one of the players that was uh, lucky enough to be coached by Coach Chad and Coach Lou. Yes. Coach Lou was probably the most accomplished High school assistant coach. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Had the most knowledge of any high school assistant coach. And what position did you play, Dwayne? Uh, I was – like, toward my later years, I was primarily a center back slash right back and even played a little bit of keeper as well when a couple keepers got hurt. So – I've seen the picture. Uh, of, yeah, of, Duane, of Duane as a goalkeeper. Uh, I must say, um, I'm pretty sure the goalkeeper that gave you that jersey was probably a little bit taller than you. That jersey looked a little big on you. Hey, I wasn't, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> it definitely wasn't a choice. Um, all right. So moving on to the next one. Worst soccer injury. Anthony. Uh, I mean, knock on wood, I really haven't had many, uh, many bad soccer injuries. I think once when I was, um, 
when I was younger, again, YMCA days, I uh, kind of went up for a header and my legs got taken you know, from under me and I kind of uh, landed awkwardly. And I had maybe I sprained my MCL and my LCL, something like that, but never, uh, I mean, again, knock on wood, I've, I've been pretty lucky. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the conversation there for myself. <laughs> there you go. Um, my worst injury was uh, playing pickup soccer. Uh, we used to play uh, a couple of years, actually, probably now close to 20 years ago, a little bit less, um, on July. So we're coming up on the anniversary of it. Uh, we used to have a group of uh, Argentinian friends in, in Florida. And uh, we all had, there was a group of us that were the younger ones, the kids, and there was dads. Um, and we started a father-son, like, it started out as a father, father versus sons game. Um, and then it progressed to just us playing pickup on Saturdays as a group. Sometimes we would have six people. Sometimes we'd have like 20. Um, one day I, uh, I got hit from behind. I was, I was dribbling, uh, got clipped in the back of the, of the foot. And I fell and I fell awkwardly on my thumb um, and it displaced my thumb. Uh, so I had to have surgery. That was the Saturday before the start of my junior year of high school. Uh, so, and I had surgery that Thursday, right after that week after. So for six weeks of my junior year of high school, as I was beginning one of my, um, my technical programs in the high school that I went to, uh, which had to do with computers, I couldn't really do anything because I had a cast in my right hand. So, uh, all right, Dwayne, what about you? Um, another shout out to Coach Lou, because whenever he wasn't around, we did not do the FIFA 11. <laughs> so I uh, pulled my like hip flexor, which is like your groin slash like hamstring area. Uh, I guess the summer of my junior year. So right, I think it was high school preseason, like we had the Kirkwood play day. So I ended up pulling that. So set out the rest of preseason, tried to come back week one. Luckily, we play in the Hill Open Conference. Everybody's not that good. So, like, after a couple goals, I got pulled out. Had to play with this, like, wrap around my leg literally the whole year. I was sitting out games that didn't matter. I used to get, couldn't really practice. Um, but then once high school season was over, we started going to showcases. And I was just like, it's now or never. So I kind of played on it. Didn't really get better. But, I mean... I still ended up, I guess, going to college to play, so it ended up working out for me. <laughs> Look at you. All right. Jenny, what about you? Um, I think my worst injury would probably be my freshman year of college, about, like, five practices into preseason. I sprained my foot, and then I was out for two weeks. I did rehab and everything, and then I got on the field, and then I made it even worse. So I was in a boot and on crutches for about two months. So I basically missed the whole season oh, wow. my freshman year. So it was rough. but I can imagine, especially as a first-year college soccer. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's Very nice. mental at that point, too. Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely one of the goals was to not get hurt like the first practice oh, and, yeah. go back and you're like, I want to go hard, but I don't want to get hurt. And I just right. there. I've seen it as a coach on the college side where the player gets hurt in like the first day of practice. And that's uh -huh. not fun. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not at all. All right. 
uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get a little more personal here. All right, what about a job outside of coaching that you had? Now you can tell me that, and I'm sure other all of us have had other jobs outside of coaching. Uh, the three of you actually still do have a job outside of coaching. Um, but what about something different? Um, so feel free to kind of, you don't have to give me every job, but, uh, what's, what's a different job that you had outside of coaching that might be a little random and I'll, I'll kick this one off. Uh, uh, I, uh, worked at Blockbuster for like five years. Uh, it started out as a summer job, uh, that somehow, uh, evolved to me being there for five years and becoming a manager or, or being able to have a manager role. Um, and I actually was part of, uh, I was, and it was towards the tail end of Blockbuster. Uh, so, uh, I was a part of two stores closing. Uh, so that was an interesting experience of being able to have all those closeout sales and stuff like that. Uh, so shout out to my, um, to my blockbuster crew from back in the day in Florida. Were they closing because of you being the manager? Or were they just <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't the, I wasn't the store manager. I had just had, I was a, a manager, one of the, uh, so it wasn't my fault. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, now all of you know my personality, uh, relatively well. So you can imagine what it was like for me, customer service. Uh, when, when somebody would ask me for something that I definitely knew I was not going to, uh, have an answer to, or the person that I was going to talk to wasn't going to have like the answer. So that was an interesting job for me. I, I, I'll, I'll go ahead. I, I worked at ShopRite for about a year, um, when I was, uh, let's say 21, 22, I worked in produce, um, just as like a, an extra part-time job. I, I also worked at soccer shots at that time. Um, so I, uh, I learned a lot about produce and the similar, <laughs> didn't know the rules. People would come up to me and they'd say, oh, Hey, um, you know, where's the cheese it's? And I would just say a random aisle, you know, just like, <laughs> then I'd go hide in the back and hope they didn't come and call my bluff, you know, but, uh, <laughs> no, very thankful for that job. Man. It was, uh, it's definitely a different experience and, and helped me realize that I definitely want to get into coaching soccer more than, than what I already was. So. So we know, we know definitely in your house who goes, who picks out the fruit and the vegetables. Listen, I got some secrets on bananas and uh, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, Jenny, what about you? I feel like my most random job was probably when I worked at an animal hospital. I started off as like a dog walker when I was like 15, I want to say. And then I just kind of stayed there for four years and I worked in boarding services. But other than that, I've just waitressed and babysat on the side. Wait, hold on. So the animal hospital had dog walking, a dog walking service within it? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> it was horrible because oh. I had to walk dogs for hours. You gotta walk everybody's. Everybody's dog has to be walked. Yeah, and like not just Wait, this, once a day. They the all same gotta go dog, out like the same times. dogs had to go out for multiple hours at a time. Well, I would take them out, and then they would have to go out later in the day too. Uh, okay, you, you probably, I, got pretty strong from that job. I know from experience with my. <laughs> yeah. Have to break off every time I go on a walk with him. So. 
I know that my dogs wouldn't last more than 10 minutes of walking without before you had to like carry them because they were just laying on the floor not wanting to move. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie. When you said you worked at an animal hospital and you said you started out as a dog walker, I thought it was going to lead to like, and then by the time I was done, I was doing surgery. Yeah, no. <laughs> that would have been a cool turn of events. Not going to lie, Jenny. I like animals too much, so I don't think I could hold myself together long enough to do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Dwayne? Are you ready for this? I worked at Hollister <laughs> for a total of two days. And got free shirts. Didn't get any free shirts. I still don't know how to fold clothes. <laughs> um, I really don't know anything about, like, I, I really don't know anything about that job. I worked for a total of two days. You guys know me. I hate getting up early in the morning, right? So this shift was like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to like 10 or 11. I went there for a total of two days before I went to college. So I was just like, this isn't for me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's $48. <laughs> that's great. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, three favorite soccer players of all time. Uh, Jenny, you start. Um, I like I like weird ones. I guess I would say I like Sebastian Latou. Great um, first Julie, name, by the way. Just yeah, great person. <laughs> um, Julie Ertz. I like Mallory Pugh. I just picked some girls, threw them in there. <laughs> all right, there you go. Uh, Dwayne. Uh, Danny Alves, hands down, is my favorite player. Uh, Ronaldinho, he was a good player uh, to watch growing up. And then, uh, Thierry Henry, that's my cousin. (laughs) Anthony. And I, I, Ronaldinho was, uh, a big one, big one for me as well growing up. Um, maybe the most fun player to ever just watch highlights of. It's just incredible. Um, I love in my Italian roots. I love uh, Andrea Pirlo. I, I I don't know if there's a better passer of the ball. Um, and uh, probably just got to go with Leo Messi, just because in my opinion he's the greatest player of all time. So that's just uh, my three there. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna be slightly not controversial, but it'll be an interesting choice. I think from my end, considering I'm Argentinian, and I'm not gonna pick the two obvious choices. Uh, mostly because I'm going to pick the players that I grew up watching. Now, granted, obviously, I've, I've watched Messi play, and I do think he is probably the greatest player of this generation. I don't know that – again, it's a different different conversation for a different day. But uh, my three are uh, Abondan Ziedi, who's a goalkeeper for Boga Juniors and played for the national team uh, for a long time, uh, one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen. Um, Carlos Tevez, uh, who's still playing, still rocking the Boga jersey. Uh, one of my dogs is named Tevez. Um, and then uh, Juan Roman Riquelme is my absolute favorite player of all time. Uh, I will sit there and watch YouTube videos of him keeping the ball on his right foot and passing the ball all day long. Those are my three favorite players, three Boca players. So All right, here we go. This is where we start getting a little more fun. 
Uh, if you had to play a different sport, what would it be? Who wants to go first? I'll let I'll I'll see who wants to go first in this one. I mean, I think we know Jenny's answer. <laughs> I can start out if you want. All right, go for it. Um, I played lacrosse. I wouldn't say I would play it instead of soccer just because it's really slow pace and you can't really do anything. The whistle blows every five seconds for some reason, and I never really understood any of the rules. I just did what I was told. Um, I used to run cross country, though, in high school, and I ran in middle school, too. So it's kind of weird, but I like to run. Uh. All right, I can't say I relate. Not <laughs> for you. Thank you. Hey, is this is this question like, what would you rather play over soccer? Or is this just like in a different universe? Like, what would you have liked to play? Uh, either one, which whatever. It doesn't have to be something that you're good at or have ever actually played before. But what would be like a? Yeah, I wish I played golf growing. Because here's the way I look at golf is like one versus everything, right? So if you have like when you're shaping your mind and you're playing that at a young age, you could probably perfect the sport. And then there's so much money in golf, right? Like if if I if I have a, a shot and I get to choose what sport they go into, I'm throwing them in golf. I'm gonna hope that it it is great for the family long term, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> Dwayne. Great for the family long term. Um, honestly, I would play football because I was at a tough point in my life where I had to pick between football and soccer because they had the same season. So I would have played, you know, American football. Linebacker? Like safety. <laughs> Not linebacker? Too short. Too small. <laughs> Not, that's, uh, I got to be like the third line, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. So I think I have you all beat from a weird perspective. Uh, what sport I would like completely opposite from Anthony in the sense that like, probably not a whole lot of money in this sport. Uh, but I want to play, I want to, I would love to do curling. Curling is absolutely one of my favorite sports to watch. Uh, I've never got to see it. I've never got to like watch it live and I've never got to do it, which I really want to. I know they do that. UD. They have some curling classes that I at some point want to do. Um, There's a rink up on me that you can play in a curling league. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you could be a curling coach, but that might be, that leads us into the, into the next question. Uh, if you had to coach a different sport, what would it be? Curling. <laughs> I think it's perfect. I like the cold. So being inside of a nice arena, it sounds perfect for me. Um, and I'm fascinated by the sport. I'm absolutely fascinated by the sport of curling. I don't know what it is, uh, but I, I love it. Uh, and now I do have one other like uh, sport that I would like to coach at some point because I have coached it before. Uh, again, somewhat random. Uh, I was a softball coach for a year. Um, I was an assistant coach at a middle school. Um, it was great. I had a great time. I loved it. Um, I like creating fake hand signals. So that was fun. Did you create any chance? No, just have fake hand <laughs> signals. I would just literally just stand there at third base, just moving my hands up and down. Uh, all right. What other sport would you want to coach, Jenny? 
If you say cross country, we're going to have a question. We're going to have some no, questions. no, no, definitely not. People can run on their own. Um, I don't know. I guess swimming. I don't really know why. I'm just, I hate the cold. So definitely something during summer would be ideal. It's a hot day too. So yeah. I want to go swimming. Swimming. All right. Uh, Dwayne. I would definitely, I'm with Jenny. I hate the cold. Yeah. I always get envious of like basketball players because like they're always in the gym. Like when we're going outside for training and it's cold outside, like, man, I wish I coached basketball. <laughs> All right. Anthony, what about you? Actually, basketball too, but not because of the cold. I, uh, my brother was a very good basketball player when he was, when he was growing up. My dad was his coach at, at the YMCA. My dad was away on business one week. So I filled in as the coach. <clears throat> and I like, I, I took it so serious. I had a full suit and tie on, right? And this is a YMCA, like, 11 basketball game. And, uh, like, I found a play that worked with just, like, a pick and roll. And, again, you're not even supposed to be running plays in this, but that's how competitive I am. And uh, we're just just dominating it and just scoring bucket after bucket. And the coach, like, screams. The other team's coach, like, screams. And he's like, what, what are you, Bobby Knight? I just thought that was the greatest compliment of all time. I just that I stuck with being a basketball coach because I feel like there was a real future in that. Yo, on the suit and tie, Sebastian. Never. Can we do a suit and tie day? You guys can. I'm not going to. I might pull it out one day. Just suit and tie. I don't. I don't wear long pants by choice unless it's below 45 degrees. <laughs> so <laughs> the idea of wearing is unless I can wear like some sort of like shorts thing with the suit. Like I would look ridiculous, but they do have suit shorts. There you go. That might be my. That might be my move. So you didn't go to a Catholic school growing up, did you, Dwayne? Absolutely not. <laughs> Public, never public schools. Holy angels to St. Mark's. I'd be happy if I never even had the war to my wedding. All right. I used to say I was going to get married in Booker Jr.'s jersey. I'm married. That didn't happen. I wasn't wearing a suit, but I was not wearing my Booker Jr.'s jersey. Well, with my fiance either. But... I did get to wear Converse, so that was fun. There you go. Um. All right. Okay. Ultimate dream job as a coach. I'll go. I'll start with this one. I'll go a step up in a coach. My ultimate dream job would be like to be a general manager of like a pro team. I think that's right. a pretty cool job. Jenny, what about you? I think going off of that too. Since my major sports management, I've interned with the Wilmington Blue Rocks and Temple University Athletics Department. So I definitely want to do something in operations or marketing with a college team, I would say. All right. Anthony? So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I kind of like uh, my job in Middletown already, with the Middletown uh, high school job. Um, it, it's like the perfect combination of like competition and and uh, training, but it's only for like three and a half months, so you get that break, you know. Whereas like if you're a college coach, I'm sure that would be pretty sick being on the recruiting trail and and you know always working at towards the next year and the next year. But 
the high school, the the boys job is it's a pretty good gig, and I'm really happy where I am right there right now. So nice. Uh, I'm gonna say my ultimate dream job as a coach is to coach a national team. Now, now I'm gonna be I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it down a little bit. Uh, I don't have some sort of like aspiration or or uh, this thing about coaching like the Argentinian national team or like that. First of all, all of you know me. I coach girls soccer or women's soccer uh, primarily. Um, so my job, my my dream job would be to coach a national team, uh, but in a smaller country that would allow me to then still have a job at the youth level. Uh, but that's been my dream for a very long time. So if at any point if I get the opportunity to coach like a U15, U17 national team, that would be like if New Zealand was hiring for a U15 girls national team, I, I could do that. I would do that. You're on a plane right now to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Either that or if, or if somehow Alaska like turned into something different and was had like its own national team, the Alaskan national team, I would – do that too i don't know why i want to move to alaska but that's another dream too the good thing about coaching that age group is just like you get it's like such a pivotal age group for them like growing up like you have such a big influence at least i think you have a big influence on their lives and like kind of how it's shaped it's a really awesome age group. yeah yeah so coaching a youth national team would be would be ideal now granted if somebody gave me the u.s youth national team not going to turn it down and be like, no, sorry, that's it's too competitive for me. I'm definitely going to do it. But a uh, smaller country would be cool too. All right. Last two questions we have. 3-5-2 or a 4-3-3? I think this just depends on personnel, uh, honestly. Uh, I, in, in, a, in a dream world, you would love to run a 4-3-3 and um, – you know, if you have the athletes to do it, but you to run a three-five-two, you really only need two superior athletes. You know, so I, I just think it depends on your personnel. But I, a four-three-three is definitely a little bit more fun to watch, a little bit more direct style of uh, soccer. Dwayne, oh, I'm gonna go with a three-five-two. As long as I have three like athletic center backs that can cover ground. You know, that's really what I'm looking for. The rest of the guys should be able to do their job. And we can go attack. I might get my players in the box. All right. Jenny? I would do a 4-3-3. I think I've also played, like, both of these formations. But it also just depends on who you have. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the tricky part of the question, I think. I'm with Anthony on this one. I think it really depends on your personnel. Um, I like to play with a number 10, no matter what I play. Uh, so either one of these options gives me the option to do that. Um, so, yeah, I think it just depends on the players. But I think this is something we're going to ask everybody that we at any point interview just to see what answer they come up with if they pick one or the other or they go with a third option or a fourth option or something different. I, th- I think a four-three-three is probably a little bit more difficult to coach too, because you have to define your roles, especially if you're playing in a triangle uh, in, in the center. It's like who's who's got the defensive responsibilities? Are you are you floating your your six and your eight that got to work to get, or one of them's got to work to get outside, or are you putting that responsibility on your seven or eleven? 
or a three five two, everyone's role is pretty much distinguished. Um, so I think it's it's a little bit harder to coach a, a four three three formation from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, especially with the with your seven and eleven having to drop back and defend, and where you need them to to come back, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Last question. There's five minutes left in the game, and your team is up one nothing. Do you go for that second goal, or do you park the bus and just hit everything long somewhere else? This will tell a lot about our personalities, I think. Uh, let's see. Dwayne. We're going to go with Dwayne. So, so it depends, right? Like, if it's, like, depends on the game, like, how the game is going. You know, if it's, like, high school soccer, you just kick the ball out as far as you can and the time keeps running. I'm all for parking the bus and clearing the ball. Like, nobody's chasing after the ball. You don't have any extra balls. We're clearing the ball. But if it's, like, you know, a higher-level game where there's balls on the sideline, I think we go and chase that second goal. But it, it depends on the environment that you're in. But I'm definitely going to chase that second goal. Uh, Anthony? I mean, from a high school perspective, it's it's a no-brainer. I mean, you get unlimited subs. You have normally little kids as your ball boys. I like to coach up my ball boys a little bit before we get started. And, um, you know, you're just – you're packing the bus. But uh, from – from a, just like a, if you're just looking at a regular league game perspective, it's like why not just continue to play your style of soccer? You know, if 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 your style of soccer is to be more defensive, then play more defensive. If your style of soccer is to just attack, 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 you, you shouldn't be you shouldn't change it. I mean, it, they didn't score the whole entire game. If that's your if that's your style, why would they just quickly score in the last five minutes? You know, so Jenny. I think it just depends, too, on how everything's going and how the team is that you're playing. Um, like with college soccer, I know my coach would always, in the second half, you can have how any men, however many subs you wanted. So he would just waste time all the time and sub in and out, and we would, we would clear the ball a lot. So. All right. I'm going, I, I'm going for more, maybe not parking the bus, but I'm going to try to keep a little bit more possession going forward into the final third. And then when I get into the final third, um, probably try to make sure that chances are clear. If I'm going to take a shot on goal, if not, I'm going to move the goal, the ball towards the corner flag a little bit more uh, and, and kind of there. So maybe I'm going to park the bus on the other side. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to park the bus in the other team's 18. That's what I'm going to try to do. All right. <clears throat> so that was our interview questions. I, I, I thought that was good. That went well. I think we, we found out a little bit more about each other. Um, we found out that Dwayne worked at Hollister for two days. <laughs> and loves free shirts. And loves free shirts. All right. So uh, moving on to our topics for today. So these have to do with more of a outside of just Delaware soccer. Uh, they might relate to it, but outside of Delaware soccer. So one of the things that I want to talk about, talk about uh, today was um, U.S. Youth Soccer just recently launched a FIFA 20 esports community event. Uh, so they're going to be doing a uh, FIFA league. Um, for those of you that don't know, FIFA is a, video game that you can play multiple platforms 
Um, so I think this is an interesting. I think this is interesting. I think um, esports is something that's definitely growing, um, especially from a college perspective. There's a lot of schools that are now recruiting esport players, and they're almost they're, they're becoming student athletes um, or, or a version of that specifically. But um, so I think this is interesting. Um, I think Dwayne and I talked about this before. I think we both had the same idea that we both want to play in this league. Um, Register like as we speak. There you go. Uh, I think it'll be interesting because I want to see how I'm, I guess this would be a good test to see how good you are in comparison to like some like 14 year old. That's probably going to put six on me and, and not even blink. If I lose to a 14 year old, uh, I probably won't have an Xbox anymore. Put it like that. If I lose to a 14-year-old that I've, like, coached, I probably won't have a TV anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so the question, I think, is – or my question to you guys is, what, uh, what do you think this new realm of esports, especially now as USU soccer dives into the esports realm, how do you think this plays a part into how we – possibly develop players i think we could add this in almost like if you look at our winter training sessions this could almost be like a second like night of training we could just say we're gonna hop on fifa we're gonna play and we can kind of do a tournament style and see how the players like react to it develop with their players and their style of place anthony i saw your facial expression yeah, I just uh, I got a little different opinion on this than uh, maybe you two might. I just uh, go for it. I, I just, I mean, you learn some from FIFA, sure. I, I think like uh, tactically, you can learn some things. You can the best way to play FIFA from when I was little, when I was playing. It's been a long time, but I remember, you know, the quicker the ball got off your foot, you know, the the easier it was to score. Um, but um, I, I just. Like whatever happened to just watching soccer, right? Like now we're now all we're doing is just playing FIFA. Like when when I asked these these eight year olds, what did you guys do, right? And and I had two of my probably best players from last year say, "Oh, I've just been playing Fortnite. Oh, I've just been playing FIFA. Oh, I've just been playing Xbox." Right? It's like we're almost promoting to play more when, like in my opinion, we should be playing a little bit less. All these things and technology are available now, and it's like okay, this is great. This is awesome. It's something to do, but it shouldn't be taking away from our just going outside and being creative on our own or watching a Premier League soccer game at 3 o'clock. What are you going to do at 3.30 on a Wednesday next week or 3.15? Are you going to watch the Premier League game of the week? We are. What are those kids going to do? They're probably going to play FIFA. Where are you going to learn a little bit more? My opinion is the Premier League game of the week. That's just my personal opinion. So, like, these things are awesome, but I think they're promoting the use of more Xbox playing instead of what maybe we really need, which is, you know, um, just some more time for us in soccer. So, that's just my opinion, and I'll be and I'll be done on that. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble here. I know you guys. No, are no, 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 no. Well, see, here's my thought. So, um, I play FIFA on a somewhat regular basis, uh, mostly because it's the only video game that I can play because I don't have the attention span to play anything else because uh, I have to be able to have the ability to stop it at any point, 
be able to pause it and things like that. So I don't play online. I just play by myself. I play career mode. I've been playing the same career mode. I, I basically, I buy the new FIFA every year. I start the career mode from the first time I start the game. And then when the new one comes out, I finish that game and I go to the next one. And I just basically have done that for years. Um, I think the one thing that I think, and maybe it's a way to somewhat merge the two ideas that you both had. Um, where I where I think it's interesting is it gives you, from a tactical perspective, it, it allows you to look at the game a little more tactically, at least especially if you play in career mode where you have the same team and you have to build a team and things like that. What I think it also does is it makes you figure out who other players are that you might not be familiar with. Um, so I know I've had to, again, from a transfer market perspective, when you get to sit there and play manager boss uh, and, and, you know, bring players in uh, into your team or, or sell players to other teams and things like that. It, at least for me, it's brought in uh, a knowledge of different players that I maybe didn't know. And then I look them up and then I maybe figure out how they play or, if I watch a game now of, of, again, if I watch Syria and I'm watching Milan against uh, Spal, for example, which I'm not familiar with that team in general, but I might know or recognize one of the names because uh, of FIFA. And I'm like, oh, wow, look at that. That's that player. And then, so maybe I think that's where the connection could be for kids. Um, where now you're you're looking at these players that you might have in FIFA and then you're trying to bring them into real life. So maybe it's a, a combination of both things. Um, I think at some point this will merge into player development. Uh, I'm not sure how or when, but I think at some point this could be an added component to it. Um, I, and, and I, and I understand everything that you're saying and, and that, makes sense to an older maybe an older soccer player or someone that's you know in their 20s or their 30s or even their 40s and they've already developed like that love for watching soccer when you're having a league and you have a 12 year old and oh my goodness I'm playing in this FIFA league how am I going to get better only by playing FIFA right and i want to be the best of this league so i'm going to play more fifa and more fifa and more fifa and that just took away from the juggling that i'm supposed to do at home and my box touches that i'm supposed to do at home and all these things that are are the difference between a different player right somebody that's constantly working on their craft yeah fifa is is definitely awesome but i'm like when you get a league like this it's like almost promoting more and more and more and more fifa play whereas like that is when, when, again, when you've already have had a developed mind for watching soccer and understanding what the game is, that's sure. But at these critical, almost like, like the worst thing possible, in my opinion. I think it would be interesting. Like we did a study at the school about how kids do a Rubik's cube before they like take a test or they like read a book and it kind of stimulates their mind. So I would be interested to see if like playing FIFA before practice or before a game, if you had the ability to, like yeah. how it stimulates their mind before the game, right? If it was just like that one thing, if you had like an organized time, okay, you're playing FIFA for one hour today, 
and and that's it. I can see that part of training. Like you're getting a lot out of that. But because like, I think if like a kid is playing like, I guess like possession oriented soccer, where it's like obviously easier to play on FIFA, right. they can kind of see it better. They can kind of, you know, they've seen it. They can kind of take it to the. I guess I'm just about the overall amount of time that these kids are now going to be playing FIFA versus where they could be doing things that translate maybe a little bit more to their game. But I think that's what, and I think that's what maybe becomes the development of or the 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 how this evolves. It maybe does evolve into a curriculum style where now it's an added thing, but it's a it's an added thing with not guidelines, but more of a structure to it. Um, so maybe there's something there to it. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't. But there's going to be things that you try to do in practice that you like, just with the player personnel you have, you're probably not going to be able to accomplish, but you could take it to FIFA where everybody's kind of yeah. got their skill set. You're able to accomplish those things. You still need to be able to trap a ball. You still need to be able to. <laughs> well, like, if you're talking about like, Say you only have 14 kids at practice, you can't effectively work on a press. But if the kids go play FIFA, say for an hour, you you know change the settings for them to press the whole time. They can kind of get the idea of where somebody's supposed to be. Maybe. We'll see, right? That's that's for people to. Like I said, like I said, I think there's going to be a development with it. I think it's just a matter of how it evolves. I don't know that it'll look exactly like FIFA looks right now, but it could be an added component. I mean, ultimately. Um, you know, if you think about it, you know, 40 years ago, there wasn't GPS or anything like that, tracking players and how much they ran and things like that. But now that exists and that's an added tool that, that clubs and players use. So this could be something that evolves to that. It, it might, I don't know. Again, I don't know how, how long it will take for it to get to that part. Um, but like a, a one way it could be used, like, let's say we had, the ability to have like a room upstairs at MB that we could go up there as a team for 20 minutes before we went out and did our session. And we showed exactly some different ways that we could work on it, like Dwayne's press. Right. And we were able to use that with FIFA and every kid was able to like participate in it for 20 minutes. And then you went out onto the field and you did it yourselves. Yeah. That's something that can definitely help. For sure. Yeah. Jenny, thoughts on FIFA? I know you're not a FIFA player. So. Um, yeah, so I've never really played before, but I kind of agree with Anthony on this one. Um, it's better, in my opinion, to just go out and learn on your own than sitting in front of a screen all day, but that's also just me. I feel like you learn more when you're actually doing stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I think there's a, I think it is, I think that's the upside of uh, – one of the reasons why I think we, we're starting this podcast is for us to be able to share ideas, but not with just us, but as we bring in people from outside of our club to talk about these things, it's not, uh, I think it's just sharing the opinions or ideas that we might have that can be personal or can be from a club perspective. But I think, you know, this is a topic that's going to be new. That's going to be, have some, a lot of different changes and a lot of, you know, different versions of it as we go through it. So I think it, it does bring up a good conversation. And I think it's something that will be somewhat ongoing as things develop or as things change. I think we're in a, I think we're because of the state of the world um, where we're somewhat at home more, I think this brings up another element to it. And then maybe that's, maybe that's why the, you know, US, US is, USYS is launching this. 
uh, where, you know, it keeps the kids engaged to a certain extent. Um, and I, I agree with you and, and Dwayne, it's coming. It like, it's definitely going to happen. Especially with like the new game consoles coming out. Like you don't know what it's going to, like what features and stuff they're going to have. So like, this stuff is coming. That's inevitable. Like, Esports and technology are, are just growing and growing and growing. So all this stuff is going to start to be incorporated. Just, you know, how's it incorporated? And I think that's where we get to voice our opinion, at least you know, within our own environment, get to voice our opinion and maybe affect change from that perspective and make it work for to our advantage instead of having it be developed for us um, without us really knowing. Um, all right, so... We're going to move on to the on this day in soccer history. Now, granted, uh, I completely understand that uh, when we give out these these tidbits of history, they really only apply to the day of the of us recording the podcast. Uh, but I think it's interesting to find out some different things. So today being July 3rd, uh, here is what happened in soccer history. Um, let me find the article. Here it is. So two years ago in the world cup that happened in Russia, uh, England beat Colombia in a penalty shootout. And that's the first time that England had done that. Um, you know, throughout their years of playing in the world cup, they had lost to Germany, Argentina and Portugal in, uh, in penalty shootout. So I think it's an interesting tidbit, uh, to know about it. Um, so yeah. That's that's today in history. So if you did not know that, you learned something new. Now, granted, it's not super long history a long time ago. It's recent history, but history nonetheless. So I think that's an interesting thing. All right, so we're going to move on. They're like a fact for like 1932. Yeah, I mean, we are, we are, we're actually, I think we were a day or two away from the start of the 1930 World Cup or the, I think it was the start of the 1930 World Cup, which was the first World Cup. Uh, in Uruguay, uh, final Uruguay, Argentina, Argentina lost. But yeah, so sad times. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on to the we'll move on to the next topic. So uh, we're gonna do a fair play of the week award. Uh, every week, we're gonna <clears throat> hand out our own individual fair play award, um, and it's for something or somebody that has done that uh, deserves some praise. Um, not necessarily for scoring the most goals or stopping the most shots. Um, it can be something different. Again, em- embracing the idea of fair play and sportsmanship. Uh, I'm going to go first, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a huge shout-out and the fair play award to the game crews for professional clubs. And here's what I mean by this. So I've been watching a lot of soccer lately, uh, and obviously there's nobody in the stands. Um, but what there is in the stands are a bunch of flags and signs that get put up um, that somebody has to put up to ultimately probably not mean a whole lot. Uh, if you're a player, not entirely sure what that flag or sign really says to you. Um, but the fact that somebody takes the time to put them up and most likely uh, take them down after every game and then a couple of days later put them back up <laughs> and then take them down Someone deserves a, a clap and a high five. Well, not a high five, but a socially distanced high five. Air high five. Um, air fist bump, air high five, uh, elbow bump or something. 
but the game crews for the professional clubs that are uh, putting up these giant flags to then have to take them down, they look really good on TV. I just don't really know exactly what the purpose of it is. Showing their passion. Trying to make it as game-like as possible for the players. Yeah, even the virtual fans, I think, is cool for (laughs) fans to be able to participate. you You mean that giant screen with a bunch of phases on it? Yeah. No, that's weird. That's distracting Absolutely. to me. No, I saw that yesterday at the city game, and I thought it was the most the most random thing I've ever seen. No. What if? No, because no, it's a bunch of random pre- people that you do, first of all you don't know where they are. Second of all, what if all of a sudden you're in the middle of the game and you're seeing a giant face on a giant screen, and all of a sudden this random person somewhere in the middle of nowhere ends up picking their nose. And you're dribbling the ball, and you catch it out of the corner of your eye. What happens? That's distracting. Field advantage if it's the other team. I guess. Yeah. Well, well, that's the other thing. So Liverpool's dribbling, and the this the city fans on the giant screen are like making faces. No, I think that's yeah, all I think, part of the game. No, it's not because <laughs> if it was because it was if there was fans in the stands, the fans would be regular sized people. So you would see them not in a giant like. 30 foot screen. like headboard cutouts. You could still do the same thing. Yeah, but that's in the stands. This is literally like five feet away from the sideline. <laughs> in a giant inflatable screen. I don't like I, it. You got to keep the fans. You got to keep the fan appeal. You go up and clap in front of the fans when you're done. Also, by the way, who is signing up to do this? Season ticket holder. Absolutely. Where where is the form that 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 says I want to I want to zoom myself for an hour and a half um on a separate screen than the team one I'm watching the game on and just sit there with a full on kit and scarf. Maybe it's because I don't wear I like when I no, I don't wear jerseys when I watch games. That's a like and I don't wear jerseys when I go to games. Uh, I have a whole thing about that, but again, I, maybe it's just me. Season ticket holders have to be. Got to keep guess. them involved. I guess. <laughs> no. You, they love their football over there. I I love the game too, but I'm not. I, I, if Boca have you Juniors, never been a season ticket holder to Boca? <laughs> no, but if Boca Juniors, if Boca Juniors asked, like, said, "Hey, Sebastian, we." we searched in the millions and millions of Boca fans and you were the one we picked. Uh, we want to put your face on a giant screen when we come back to play. I'm going to say, no, you're out of your mind. Like, yeah, there's no way, there's no way that's happening. Dude, think about how, like all you have to do is wear a Delaware Union shirt. Think about how many people are going to see that. And be like, Oh yeah. Like that's the best club. I mean, now you're, now you're now, now we're having a different conversation. <laughs> well, true. That's a that's a different conversation. Different conversation. Uh, uh, you might be onto something, doing. What yeah, if yeah, actually at our first Delaware Union game, I'm gonna bring my laptop, I'm gonna put it behind the goal, <laughs> and I'm gonna have uh, my parents zoom in with like Delaware Union gear, watching the game again, just like up close with their faces, because that's how these people are. They're like sitting there up close. It's no, I think it's ridiculous. It's a different, it's, it's a different time, <laughs> I guess. 
right. Someone has to have a different fair play with the week of work because if not, I'm going to keep talking about this. Uh, my uh, fair player of the week award goes to uh, Marcus Rashford. Um, he donated or he helped set up a $150 million program uh, for like I think 200,000 kids in England uh, for summer food. So the parents get a voucher. Uh, they get to go to the supermarket. They get a weekly allowance to kind of spend there. And he kind of helped spearhead that because it came from hit close to home. That was something he was involved in was – uh, poverty and not being able to not knowing where his next meal was coming from. So that's really important. That's really good. Yeah. Good. good. Congratulations. Listen, I think that's, that's fantastic. The fact that professional players are uh, using their platform and using their resources to, to give back to the communities and, and help out in a lot of the social issues going on in the, around the world. I think it's uh, I think it's great. And it's a lot harder. Like, you know, you think about it, he's like, he's got the money, right? But he's actually, like, involved in, like, the actual process, so. Yeah. Um, I forgot who it was. There was a, there was a picture, and it might have been, it might have been Mendy, that there was a picture of his, he was walking, um, like, they took a picture of him walking outside of the stadium or something like that with his phone, and his phone was completely, like, cracked. Like his screen was cracked. Oh, and I think Mane, Sadio Mane. Wasn't that's what it? it was. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And they asked him like, why, why don't you just buy a new one? And he's like, well, why would I spend the money when the phone works? And I dropped it. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up having the ability to just fix anything whenever I wanted to. And I'd rather spend my money and give it back to other people that need it more than I do. So thought that was really good. All right, Anthony. Um, just another player giving back. Uh, Mo Salah, um, he just uh, uh, helped fund a new ambulance center in uh, his home village of Egypt. It's supposed to be like, a, like an ambulance, like emergency type center for anyone that needs it. And in the local community, it should serve up to like 30,000 uh, people. And, and this is his own money that he's spending. And just coming off a time where I don't, I don't even know if they were getting paid full wages, you know, during the quarantine, if they were getting paid at all. So, um, you know, for him to go ahead and spend all that money right now, I just thought that was, uh, again, you know, giving back. It's, it's, it's very impressive that these, uh, these guys are giving back when, when they're heroes to these people already. You know, they're already role models that these people look up to, but then you go ahead and you, uh, you put this on top of them and, and talk about healthcare, which is a whole other thing in itself. And, um, you know, it's just it's really impressive. And I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I can respect that. That's good. Jenny, do you have a fair play award? Um, I'm going to be honest. I did not do my research. And oh, Jenny. <laughs> I've had a long week this week. But um, I would just say this doesn't count probably either. It would just be City being, beating Liverpool just because I'm not a Liverpool fan. But I don't know if that counts. No, that's a great one because they okay. <laughs> first they applauded. You know, they, they gave them the whole, like, applaud for them winning the title. And then they just went and destroyed them. <laughs> I know. As Pep Guardiola would, you know. I know, it's stud. Is there anybody that almost looks less excited to score a goal than Phil Foden, by the way? Um, it's, it's almost like he's angry about the fact that he scored a goal. Like, he's happy, but then he's upset. 
because he's not he he knows he can score that he's good, right? But he's not you know the regular all the team yet. Maybe the keeper should have saved that. I don't know. I know, but that's a, that's the second goal I've watched him score in in like a matter of two weeks, and then probably the one from yesterday. He's he probably spoiler alert if nobody watched the game when you recorded it. Sorry, um, but uh, he scores the goal and he he slides and does his cheer, but then he like looks mad about it. Like he and it happened last it happened last week. I forget who who he scored against, uh, but he scored the goal and then started like yelling at one of his teammates. Scoring with an edge, man. I, I guess. I mean, basically saying that if Pep started him from week one, you know, they would have been three years running, they would have been the champions. Maybe that's who he was yelling at. He was like, listen, Pep, like, I told you. I told you. Phil, Phil Foden should have been in from the beginning. And he refers to himself in the third person. This is Phil's show. <laughs> this is Phil's show. There you go. 40, 40, I think it's 47. I think it's the number 47. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 40, Hopefully we'll get that to change too. That'll be different. Just, you know, start a, start a whole thing. 47 in the 11. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hashtag 47 in the 11. If I started out and 47 was my number and I finally made it, you know, there's no way I'm giving up that number. I'm keeping 47. Like, that just shows, like, where you were on, like, the ranking system that, like, you were able to just go ahead and, and crack the club at when, when you still had that number. Like, I just think if I'm, if I'm, like, on a third team or a second team somewhere and I happen to crack the club, there's no way I'm getting rid of that second or third team number. No way. But you see that. But you know how that's, uh, that's how uh, clubs in Mexico work, right? Yeah, I was about to say. They're like – you get us. You get a number assigned, and you continue to move up that number. And the the closer you are to eleven, is the the I guess the better you are as a player, or the closer you are to that first team. So if you ever see a uh, a player wearing like number like sixty six or something like that, uh, that's because they're come. They are they are number sixty six on the on the totem pole, I guess. And then, <laughs> but they they somehow had a really good week, and now they here they are. That's what I'm saying. If you have a three digit number. You gotta, you gotta work to keep that three digit. That. I was number one fifty four. <laughs> it doesn't right, quite roll off the tongue. What's the matter? One fifty four. No. Um, all right. So I think we're we're getting here. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Um, Jenny, why don't you give our uh, our mass audience? that I think we have right now. I'm pretty sure we're in the millions <laughs> to, to week one of our episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, more than just maybe our parents or significant others that we're forcing them to listen to this. Uh, I, I just want to, I'm really excited to hear coach Chad's feedback on our podcast. Uh, but, but at the same time, slightly terrified. Can we get him as all as a guest, our first guest. Anything goes. All right. <laughs> I think so. I think I I think he could be our, our our one of our guests. I don't know if he's number one though. I think he's like you know maybe he's one fifty four. I was about to say is he number one fifty four? One fifty four on the list. Uh, we gotta we gotta see if Coach Chad can can get up the ranks and we can get him higher. Gotta work his way There's up. a waiting list. There's a waiting list to to the podcast right now. Number one fifty four. Say it again. Hollister's new number one fifty four. That's on the. Back. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, all right, Jenny, give uh, give the audience the the social media outlets where they can find us uh, and and contact us if they if they have suggestions, the comments, or if they like us. If you don't like us, just <laughs> don't tell us. Uh, yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Delaware Union and then Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer, and it's one word. Yeah, that's right. Soccer. Or our website. Or our website, <laughs> DelawareUnion.com. Yeah. And you know what that's going to lead you to? Summer camps. Summer camps. That's right, summer camps. I love summer camps. There you go. <laughs> Anthony loves summer <laughs> camps, and Dwayne loves free T-shirts. Free t-shirts. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.